Look who we have back for another round of Fantasy Island. It's us, your hosts, Sweet Tea, R.W. King, and Bombo. So get ready for this dramatic highs and lows for week three as the guys go through ballers, bums, and overachievers that made up the craziness of week three. With that said, I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to King so he can kick it off with his ballers, bums, and overachievers. King, take it away. Sink T, that's right. Yeah, I'm ready to get into it. Week four, fantasy football, boys. It's Fantasy Island getting back at us again. T, I just can't wait to get into it, man. So I'm just going to get into my ballers and bums this week, man. Going to talk about some big-time guys. Look, everybody knows about the Mostert 18 train. All right, it's on every pub. It's on every sports station. It's on every fantasy thing. So I'm really not going to get into it. I'm going to talk about one of those guys on my overachiever list. But those guys definitely balled out. Don't know if that's ever going to happen again, ever, ever. So not really going to talk much about it. But the one, one couple guys I'm going to talk about, one right now, Keenan Allen. We touched on him last week, and we said we really liked what the new offensive coordinator there was doing. You know what I mean? Moving him around, doing different things with him. And he just went off again. I mean, he had 18 catches on 20 targets for 215 yards with no tutties. And he still ended up with over 45 fantasy points. So he just tore it up again. Mike Williams, BMW, he had a big game. Unfortunately, that's it for him. BMW blew out an ACL. He's done for the year. Quentin Johnson's going to step up. I think a little bit of Palmer in there. But I think one of the things that's going to happen here is Keenan Allen, as long as he stays on that field, he's got a chance to have one of those Cooper Cup years. And it's going to be special, guys. So keep an eye on Keenan Allen, definitely one of my ballers week three another guy i want to talk about and just welcome to the train welcome to the fantasy hype welcome to fantasy relevance for 2023 mr jamar chase we know your quarterback and your best homie best stud buddy mr joe burrows a little bit hurt but you know what man the dude threw the ball over 50 times he was just getting the ball up and trying to get it to you as much as he could 12 catches on 15 targets 141 yards again a really good Really good outing for Jamar Chase with a hurt quarterback. They really forced the ball to him, but he came through and he got those short passes, made the best of him. Over 26 fantasy points this week. Again, thank you, Mr. Jamar Chase, for waking up. Hopefully this is just a, a little bit of tidbit of things to come. So, you know, not just with our ballers, man, but we want to talk about some bums too. And I'm going to talk about a couple guys. And these are guys that are near and dear to my heart. Because I definitely liked one of them. I like a lot of them. I actually like both of them. And there was a lot of guys on this list. Obviously, you guys have been, you know, seeing your teams. And there's definitely guys on there that are underachieving and not doing what they're supposed to do. It's early, though, guys. And we talked about this last week. Just have some patience. Understand that you did the work in the preseason. You put that work in. Even if you didn't, other people did for you. You know, the fantasy experts and those guys who put out the list so sort of trust it a little bit and let these things work out but i think some of the bums we want to talk about and i think bombo's got his stuff going on in his list but my list i'm gonna talk about Brees hall come on buddy you got to do better than this i know new england came out and they basically said okay we're putting nine guys in the box no safeties single guy on your receiver zach wilson throw the ball and he couldn't i get it zach wilson has to be better but so does Brees Hall. So does that offensive line. Okay, he just needs a little wiggle through there. Brees, run with some urgency, buddy. 
12 carries, 18 yards, 3.7 fantasy points. Okay, you stunk it up, man. You stink. All right, dude. I called you out, bro. See what you do this week. Step it up, man. Because you know what? The big high price free agent waiver cut signing, whatever the fuck they got for him. Dalvin Cook didn't do much better. He had the same yards you did on eight carries. Eight carries for 18. Guess what? Both of you guys together didn't even break a 10 burger. Come on, boys. We got to do better than that. Okay, I'm just saying, guys, you got no quarterback. Run the fucking ball with some urgency. Breeze Hall, you stunk it up. You're a bum week three. So are you, Dalvin Cook? You're getting thrown in just as the collateral damage, buddy. Another guy near and dear to my heart is a guy that I really still have a lot of faith in. And I think by the time the year's over, he's going to be a pretty good fantasy quarterback. He started a little bit of ascension. He had, you know, first game was so-so. Second game, he had over 20 points. But Sam Howell got rocked. My boy, Sammy. Washington Commanders quarterback, Sam Howell. Shit, 19 out of 29 passes complete. They should have counted the completions to Buffalo's defense because he threw four picks. But with those four picks and the yardage he had, no touchdowns, he ended up with a whopping zero point fantasy points. That's less than a point, man. So if I would have got a boner to play Sam Howell instead of Justin Fields, who got me a whopping 10 or 11 points like he did the last two weeks before that, I would have got stuck with less than a point. Sam Howell, you're a bum for week three. I really expect him to bounce back this week, and I'm probably going to shine him up a little bit in my fantasy matchup because I'm hoping that he has a little intestinal fortitude here and gets a little grit in his craw, whatever that is. You know what I'm talking about, but I hope he bounces back this week, and I think they have a pretty good matchup against Philly. Philly might be looking past him a little bit on a short week. I think Philly's a little banged up. They're probably a little bit gas tanks empty. Do you know how the king likes to use that analogy? A couple of those guys had the flu, but we'll get into that later. Now, the last one we're going to talk about is our overachiever, and definitely our overachiever this week. Week three was Devon Aching. All right, this kid came out of Texas A&M. Big hype out of him. Coming out of the combine is one of the fastest guys in the combine. He showed that on Sunday. He showed that. But the other part of this, guys, and here's the biggest part to it, and I think Bombo might touch on it a little bit, is Denver just quit. They weren't there to play. They weren't there to do anything. They were there. They were partying the night before. It's on everybody, the coaches, the players, everybody like this. I had a couple buddies at work telling me, hey, man, those co- one of those coaches is going to get fired for that. No, he's not. It's a brand-new coaching staff, brand-new team. They're going to cut players before they cut any coaches. That's the damn truth, okay? They don't know who wants to be there. They're not sure yet. They're going through some things, so it just happened. It snowballed on them. You got a track meet running on the other side. Tyreek Hill wasn't even involved in the game at only like a catch and a half at a hundred and some yards and a touchdown and just took the rest of the day off because my boy Tyreek Hill wants to be a porn star when he retires. But that's something else we'll talk about, guys. But I'm just saying Devon Aching, back to Devon Aching. Huge game for him, 51 points, better than 51 points in any fantasy league. He just tore it up. These fantasy leagues were just getting crushed by him. He was 18 carries, 203 yards with two touchdowns and a long touchdown on one. Four catches for 43 yards and another two touchdowns, four touchdowns total, definitely overachiever. This is where his fantasy value may be skewed going into next year because he might end up with 12 
touchdowns total for the year, but he got four in one game. And he might have eight the rest of the year. So you really just got to keep an eye on him. We really got to see an eye on what's going on. And the reality is Ryan Mostert has a very, very long track record of injury. If that rears its ugly head again, then yeah, I think Devon Aitchin is there. He's definitely worth picking up and stashing on your bench. Unless you got a loaded bench like T does in our fun league, then you won't have any room for him. And there's nothing you can do about it. So I'm just saying big overachiever week three, Devon Aitchin. Back to you, T. Damn, King, that was a lot. But you know what? You said a lot of good shit. Spoke truth to power. And I really like what you had to say about A-Chain is one of those guys that's like, I want him to be something because he has a lot of talent, a lot of upside, could be a big ceiling. But I don't know. I just wait and see. Don't know. All right, Bombo, what the hell do you got going on over there in that twisted head of yours? Hi, guys. Yeah, we're going to go over my week three ballers. There's going to be some familiar names on here. My week three ballers are a combo here. Keenan Allen again, and his QB, Justin Herbert. Chargers versus the Minnesota Vikings. This is something me and T called out as a matchup to watch just off the amount of fantasy points that could be scored, high-powered offenses, lack of defense, reckless abandonment, throwing the ball all over the field. What did it turn into? Well, for Keenan Allen, it turned into 18 catches, 215 yards, and a passing touchdown. That's right, a passing touchdown. Still counts as six points, folks. The man throwing him the ball, Justin Herbert, had just as big of a day. Justin Herbert goes for 405 yards and three touchdowns. These are top performers. And I would say right now, if you can, you ride this wave, but you should be actively looking at your league mates to see if there's a deal that can be made to probably sell Keenan Allen at his highest right now. And I know what people are thinking. He's just hitting his stride. A healthy Keenan Allen is a top wide receiver, but you got to think it's a, for the long haul. It's there someone that's going to stay healthy in this offense because history has taught us that that doesn't really happen. Mike Williams just went down for the Chargers. We'll get more into that on our ER and waiver wire portion of the show. But as of right now, Keenan Allen is a top three wide receiver in fantasy football. Do we think he's going to be a top three wide receiver in fantasy football going forward? Probably not kudos for everything that he has done for your roster so far, but you may want to start exploring throwing out trades, Keenan Allen in a piece for Jamar Chase, Keenan Allen in a piece for a Justin Jefferson. Um, try to see if the Tyreek owner is willing to budge. Probably not going to budge, but you want to be big game hunting when it comes to Keenan Allen because right now over the past two weeks, all that he has shown is he is a PPR nightmare. If he was in your lineup, you probably are coming off back-to-back wins, but you want to also keep reality in mind. Keenan Allen does get hurt a lot. His quarterback, Justin Herbert, finally is putting on a performance that we want from Justin Herbert, that we expect from Justin Herbert. Up until last week, Justin Herbert has put up an okay performance, a better-than-okay performance, and a great performance. So you want to follow the trend. Justin Herbert is definitely trending up. If I'm a Justin Herbert owner, I definitely like what I see. I like where this offense is going. I am not happy about losing Mike Williams, but it is next man up, and it's not going to stop Justin Herbert from throwing the ball 50 times a game. Be all in on Justin Herbert. He is your set it and forget it. QB1, no matter what, just worry about a bye week. 
Another quarterback that blew up in week three, Tua, the tribal chief. He is doing all he can to lead the high-powered Dolphins offense against the world. Tua goes for 309 and four touchdowns. There was a time where everybody thought this kid was a bust. They thought that Tua was too small to play the position, didn't have the arm strength to to get it out to Tyreek Hill, couldn't lead a, a complicated offense. All Tua is showing is that he needs to be considered for MVP of the league this year if he stays on this pace. He is the unquestioned leader of the most potent offense in the NFL right now. It still may be Kansas City, but Miami's on their heels. Tua led a 70-point explosion against the Broncos this past week. Right now, if you have Tua, like we said about Herbert, no need to look for a sub. If you have Tua, like we said about Herbert, that's set in, forget it. You have your QB1. As long as he has Tyreek Hill, a plethora of running backs that can get the job done, Tua is going to be a fantasy monster this year. King called it Tua for MVP. Ride the wave if you got him. You got a real one. Another week three baller at the tight end position, Sam Laporta from the Lions, just went against the Atlanta Falcons. Laporta went for eight catches on 11 targets. 84 yards and a touchdown. What was impressive was how open he was, pretty much working as a de facto number two wide receiver in that offense with Amon Ross St. Brown getting all of the outside work and all of the underneath work, um, being a target monster like he usually is. We spoke about this guy in the preseason. I drafted him in many leagues uh, when I went zero tight end to the end of the draft. Nobody. If you listen to the show, you probably got an early jump ahead of your league mates with Laporta. But right now, it's safe to say I got Laporta as a set it in, forget it. Leave him in as a tight end one. His rest of season ranking is at tight end eight, which would put him in the tight end one tier. He isn't Mark Andrews. He isn't Kelsey, but nobody is. But he has been outperforming Andrews, so there is that. He's outperforming all these other tight ends that were supposed to be can't miss, must draft, super high, fourth, fifth round picks, Waller, Pitts, Andrews. These are guys that are supposed to be putting up wide receiver one numbers. It's Sam Laporta who is putting up at least wide receiver two numbers at the tight end position. As long as he has this position in the offense and he is getting the targets, he's getting the red zone looks, and he's able to get open downfield. It could be similar to what we saw with TJ Hawkinson when he was with the Lions and he would blow up for certain games. The thing is, now Laporta is a definite factor and staple in this offense. So I'm going to say keep rolling Laporta out there. He will finish as a top 10 tight end. If you're not sold, use this breakout performance from week three to possibly package him up with somebody and ship him off to a league mate for someone that you feel is a consistent value at the tight end position. Like I was saying, that's only a few guys. Andrews, Kelsey, I mean, who else are we really putting on there? So if you can throw it out there, throw it out there. If not, keep them. You got them cheap. Right about. My week three bum, the king, Derrick Henry. Look, I know it's earlier in the year. I know he didn't get run, any run in the preseason. Tennessee looks to be trying to find out what their offensive identity is. They've had long enough to do that. The offensive identity is give King Henry a ton of carries, get creative, get him the ball. I honestly don't understand why he's not getting more passes coming out of the backfield. 
He's proven that he can take screens to the house. Uh, I think he is the most dynamic weapon that they have on that offense, and they should run it to the wheels fall off. Right now, King Henry is coming off of 11 carries for 20 yards, zero touchdowns, and a sub-five-point fantasy performance in a PPR league. That's unacceptable for what some people say is the best running back in football. In week two, he came to life going for 25 carries for 80 yards and a touchdown. At the position that you drafted King Henry, you're expecting consistent production, our workhorse points, and he's just not giving that to you this year. Now, it could be teams are overloading the box because there's no threat of an outside receiver catching anything. Nobody respects Ryan Tannehill's arm. No one respects his decision-making. And I'm not just here to shit on Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. I'm just saying there is proof, visual proof, that feeding Derrick Henry works. And I don't think all of a sudden he got slow. I don't think all of a sudden he is a bum in real life. He did put up a bum performance in week three. We're expecting more out of him. Potentially, this guy might be one performance away from selling as high as you can to try to get a more established running back or maybe a couple of pieces that can fill out your roster. At the quarterback position, my week three bum is Joe Burrow. Now, hear me out. Joe Burrow toughed it out, dealing with that calf that's been bothering him since uh, camp. And he toughed it out and said, I'm going to play Monday night versus the Rams. Give it my all. It's a home game. They're in, the, they're in the snow tiger outfits. He's got to put on for his city. He went out there, made the best out of it, but it was to the tune of 259 yards and no touchdowns. So it's a sub 10 point performance. It's not what we're expecting out of Joe Burrow. Uh, he is a QB one. He should be a locked in QB one. But as of right now, just to reiterate what King said, he just doesn't look right. Hopefully you've got somebody else on your bench. Hopefully you've navigated the waiver wire and are able to get somebody that you can plug in spots when Joe Burrow just doesn't seem like Joe Burrow because right now he doesn't seem like Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase just went off on a monster game and Joe Burrow had a sub 10 point performance. These are the things that we expect from Daniel Jones or you know some of the, Matt Jones, some of these lesser quarterbacks that can support other people but not do it for themselves. With Joe Burrow, you expect the success of his receivers and his offense to translate into fantasy points across the board for him and these other players. It just hasn't lined up that way so far. I think the injury is a big deal. I think it's nagging him. King hit it on the dot. A lot of these calf injuries turn into Achilles injuries later across all sports. So it's something to keep an eye on. I'm not saying you need to sell Joe Burrow, but you do need to monitor it because if he doesn't start to have trending games that make him worth his value, it may be time to start looking elsewhere for a more permanent quarterback solution for your roster. Another week three bum from the tight end position, Darren Waller, the Giants. On the year, Darren Waller has 12 catches and 106 yards on, in three games that he's played the whole game in. Yes, he has that nagging hamstring injury, but he's not on the injury report. Full, clean bill of health on paper going into week three. Week three against San Francisco, he did not do his part to make that offense look like they belonged on the same field as the 49ers. Seven targets, three catches, 20 yards, sub-six-point PPR performance. This is unacceptable for a guy who you probably drafted in the fourth or fifth round. 
for a guy you drafted to be giving you wide receiver two numbers, Darren Waller is on the verge of looking like a one-hit wonder. He had one really good season with the Raiders as the number one option on that team. The way I see it, if Saquon is missing time, Darren Waller should be the number one option, the number one receiver, the number one go-to guy for the Giants. And it just, it's not happening right now. Daniel Jones isn't on the same page as him. I don't see the explosive releases. I don't see Darren Waller fighting to get open. It, it seems like he was at his hungriest that year with the Raiders when he balled out. Then he got the recognition. Then he got the bag. And it doesn't seem like the hunger's there. I want to get proved wrong because I'm a big Darren Waller fan. But if week three is any indicator of where this is going, Darren Waller could fall along the wayside of a streaming tight end. He may lose his job on your roster to someone like Luke Musgrave or the ghost of Zach Ertz. So keep an eye on Darren Waller's usage. Keep an eye on his numbers because if it looks like it's not happening with Daniel Jones, there's a good chance that it isn't going to happen until you're well out of the playoffs or well out of the playoff hunt. So don't wait around for Darren Waller to become the Darren Waller that you drafted. Don't do that to yourself. Don't do that to your team. Start looking around, see if you got a Giants fan in your league, somebody, or even maybe even a, a, a Raider fan, because I know you got a Raider fan in your league. You can get five points out of any tight end. Don't let this guy take up a spot on your roster if you can get some value for him. Hopefully, you can find the receipt, throw this back in my face and tell me I was wrong because he just blows up from here on out. But until that happens, week three did exist, and week three, Darren Waller was a bum. For my week three overachievers, I'm going to go Zach Moss. Zach Moss has stepped in and become the RB1 for the Colts. No JT, no Anthony Richardson this past week, who was in con concussion protocol. So you had the gunslinger, Gardner Minshew, behind center as they took on the Baltimore Ravens. Zach Moss did his thing, put him at 23 points for the day, depending on your score. So. I have him as an overachiever because this cannot sustain. Jonathan Taylor is eventually going to come back. And if he does get traded somewhere, wherever they're looking, have, whether it be Miami, the rumors of Cleveland, any of these places, they're going to want something back. They're not going to just roll out there with Zach Moss and Trey Sermon and whoever else that they pick off the street, whether it be Leonard Fournette or one of these guys. They have to have a backup plan. Zach Moss is not the backup plan, but he's making the most out of his opportunities now that he's being fed like a work. Zach Moss is coming off of like a broken arm maybe five, six weeks ago. For him to step in, pretty much take Deion Jackson's job, who's no longer on the team, and do what he's doing is great to see. This is a guy that Buffalo wrote off. If you guys remember, he was traded for Naheem Hines in a straight-up deal last year, sending Naheem Hines to Buffalo. Zach Moss went to the Colts and just got lost in their depth chart, which isn't easy to do. It's not really easy to climb the depth chart when you got po possibly one of the best running backs of the last 10 years sitting right there at the starting position. But Zach Moss has come in, given this offense a spark of running game, which could open things up once Anthony Richardson gets back. And hear me out, guys. I think the Colts are a sneaky good offense. Michael Pittman is playing like a wide receiver one getting a ton of targets and catching everything thrown towards him. Just, got, just has to find the end zone. They're getting a lot out of Zach Moss, and they're getting a lot of push out of the offensive line, even though everybody isn't healthy on that offensive line. And 
add in the what I believe is the most explosive element, which is a very athletic running quarterback. Colts might not be ready to tank. They might surprise a lot of teams. Zach Moss is a big reason for that. But keep an eye on when JT gets back. Because once that happens, at the best, he'll be a change of pace back in a timeshare. So enjoy the Zach Moss points. You got him for free. You probably picked him up off the waiver wire when you saw Deion Jackson didn't do anything in week one. Write him out. Put him in your RB2 or your flex spot. Keep an eye on JT. Once JT comes back, Zach Moss shouldn't be in your starting lineup. As of week three, he's an overachiever. That's going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of Ballers, Bums, and Overachievers for week three. Guys, love it. You guys did great. Good call-outs. And for those listeners out there, please make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share it with everybody, share it with your league mates, share it with other guys that are into fantasy football, but they're not in your league, so you have no fear of sharing this information with them. And with that, we are out. Thank you.